So God is so good. Um, this week, I'm going to be a little honest with you. Um, I try to be as, as open and honest with you and transparent as I can be. This week was kind of a trying week for me. Um, just some things that we're going through. Every morning I kept getting up, kept thinking about when I was, after I was asked if I would speak this morning, which by the way, our, our senior pastors are, are not here. Obviously you can tell um, their seats are empty, uh, but we just bless them and honor them and love them uh, that they're getting away to get some family fun in um, and be able to be revived and restored and refreshed because they do a lot and they love us a lot, yeah. right? And, uh, and uh, when they're giving out that love, they in return need to get that love and, and restored back. So we're so thankful for them and they get a chance to, to uh, be away for the moment. But um, so as I started to kind of prepare for this message and I tried to do little bits and pieces here and there, Friday really probably was the most trying day. My, I tried to leave my schedule open Friday afternoon and I said, well, I would do meetings in the morning and, and I had a couple scheduled and, and I said, well, I'll try to leave what I can. And then after lunch... I'm prepared, I'm going to lock myself in the office, and I'm going to pray and read and study, right? You got the good, the good mental note, you've, you've got good intentions. Yeah, again, I even put it on my phone, like this is what I'm going to do. And I had the, I had, I had the different uh, meetings and talking and, and getting stuff ready for the weekend, and, and I walked out of a meeting, and I'm going to be honest with you, it was almost like the enemy crept in, and he did it so subtly. By the time I walked out of one, one Pastor Rich's office, and the time I had walked back to my office, I had come into agreement with something that the enemy had been starting to pour and download into, in, into my soul. Not nothing Pastor Rich said, not, not, the meeting wasn't horrible, it wasn't like anything bad. It was just when I started to walk out of there, all of a sudden it was like, the enemy started to say this and say that, and I'll be honest with you, I started to kind of come into agreement with it. So I walk into the office and I kind of, I open the door to the office, to my office and I, I was like, that's weird. It's kind of a different smell. And I was like, oh, okay, well, maybe I left my diffuser on because I've got a diffuser in there. And I um, went to go use the restroom in, in the office and as I walked out of the restroom, I was like, I don't have my diffuser on because Pastor Lynn, we share an office, and he has a little bit of sensitive nose. And so if he walks into the office, and I've got the rosemary, and I've got the certain you know, diffuser with the different oils going um, that I think smell fantastic, he walks in, and his nose automatically turns red. He starts sneezing a lot. And uh, so I know better than to turn that one on, and I've cleaned it out to make sure he doesn't, he doesn't feel that way. Yes, I do appreciate him, and I'm trying to look out for him. Um, and... I walked over to the diffuser and I was like, it's not on, that's weird. And I couldn't smell it no more, so I was like, okay, interesting. But during this process of me walking into the office and, and, and doing what I needed to do in the office, I had received a message on Facebook. And I had received a message from Jerry Wilson, who's actually here this morning. Thank you, Jerry and Joy, we love you guys, that you guys are here this morning with us. Yeah received a message from him, and, and, and I'm not going to do it justice, and I probably should have copied and pasted it and, and put it into my notes. And, uh, but the prayer that he prayed and the things that he said, that Jesus would be so tangible in the room that I would smell him. And I was just like, are you kidding me? I just sat at my desk, took my glasses off, and just bawled for like five minutes after that. And was just like, man, God knows what we need when we need it. 
And it was so awesome because Jerry was being able to be used by God and, and be able to give a word that at that exact moment, it, it, the word knew what I needed to hear. Not that, not that Jerry knew it or had all this stuff, but he just was walking in his, in his identity, walking in who God's called him to be and listening to the Holy Spirit and knew what to say. So I, I mean, I was questioning it. I know that's really bad to say, right? We went to, I mean, me and Jared went to lunch and, and, and I'm questioning it. I'm like, man, I just, you know, maybe Jerry had all these things and he, he's here somewhere in the room and he put a mic in there and he's like, you know, listening in on all this. I mean, all these things you start to kind of question, right? And I, I realized I was coming into agreement with a word that was not coming from God. And I was coming into an agreement with a lie from the enemy. And I love that Donna will say it at times is that the enemy's such a loser, I love when she says it because she gets so passionate about it that he's a loser and he wants to try to get you to lose, but it's my job not to come into agreement with it, but to come into agreement with God our Father who lets me remind the enemy that he is a loser and I'm not who he's called me to be. I'm not that way. So I, I mean, after I got done bawling for like five minutes and I put my glasses back on and I stood up and I was like, I've got a score to settle with that loser of an enemy that I am not who he says I am. I am called, I am redeemed, I am set free, I am, I am holy and righteous, and I stand with all, all, all authority that he has given me. And so as I was preparing for this word to be able to bring to you this morning, I just feel like what God really wants to do is he wants to take those labels that we have put on our own life or that other people have put on us, and we want to rip them off, and we just want to let be shine through the actual love label or God label that he has put on each and every one of our lives. I'm, pro I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself because I'm getting excited. So <laughs> uh, I, I downed a rock star right before. I know, I know, please don't judge me. Uh, we were getting ready to walk into the green room to get ready for this morning and I said, hold on, wait. And I just jumped in. <laughs> but I brought my water. Yes, Orlando, I brought my water so I could make sure I, I hydrate as well. But God is so good. I, I love, you know, it's, it's cool. Um, I talked about lunch. You've heard me talk about it. I guess I should probably open, officially open. But, you know, um, we have talked about uh, Chick-fil-A, right? Uh, I've probably mentioned it a few different times. And uh, I have to share this with you. Me and Jared, we were going to lunch, and I, we get in the car, and I start telling them. I said, I saw this on Facebook, so if it's true or not, I, I'll just take it as truth. I'm, it is, from what I'm about to tell you, because I believe it too. But... The person that was writing says that they were sitting at Chick-fil-A and they were about to get their food and they hear the mom and the, the child or the daughter behind them and she, the, the mom speaks up and says, honey, we didn't pray for the food. And it had to, I think it was the daughter, and the daughter said, mom, it's Chick-fil-A, it's the Lord's chicken. <laughs> As which she continued to eat. <laughs> and, oh. So I'm telling, I mean, Jared probably got annoyed with me because I was like, this is the Lord's chicken, okay? And we sit down and I get ready to eat and I'm, I'm thinking of that and Jared's like, we should pray. He does, you know, he, he, the pastoral thing on me and corrects me. And he's like, we should pray. And he prays and I was like, Jared, it's already blessed. They had a Bible study for us. Like it's, it's the Lord's chicken. And he said, it's doubly blessed now. <laughs> so thank you, Jared, for doubly blessing the, the Chick-fil-A. It, it, was, it was amazing. Um, this yesterday was, was, a, was phenomenal, and I have to share this, and I did ask uh, her, her parents if I could share this story. Yesterday, Edith was at the house with us uh, celebrating Emmeline's fifth birthday. My daughter turned five today, actually, is her fifth birthday, right? 
five years, we sat there and we're like, where is the time gone? Uh, little did I realize that she is bossy. <laughs> um, <laughs> I won't say that's from her mother's side of the family, but just kidding. She, uh, Edith was at the house and it was so amazing because you want to have the faith of a, as a child, right? And you, and you, you want what God's going to do. And, and sometimes it takes a child to really kind of remind you or, or you're around children for a few minutes and you realize what they're doing. And so Edith comes out, you hear the thunder or you, you, you hear it going on outside the storm coming in and the kids were outside playing. And so I told them all, come inside. Um, and Edith comes to the door. We had the sliding glass door open so we could, you know, you could smell, the, the rain smelled amazing. I mean, and it just sounded phenomenal. And so I was sitting by the, by the door uh, on the ki- by the kitchen table and studying for today. And Edith came over and she asked us to shut the gl- sliding glass door. And I said, Edith, that's okay. I said, but, um, you know, I, I have it open because we're baking and we're doing this and that. And she said, okay. And Ezzy spoke up and she, my wife from the kitchen, she was like, you know, Edith, you can shut the door. She's like, but Edith, if you're scared, I want you to know Jesus is with us. He's always with us. You don't have to be scared anymore. And Edith like stopped and she gets this questionable look on her face and she's like, if Jesus is with us, then is he getting wet? (laughs) At that point, I was like, I've got to share that story. (laughs) God is so good to us. Again, we're going to take some labels and we're just going to let loose and let God have his way this morning. Amen. So um, 1 Timothy chapter 1 verses 18 through 19. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 18 through 19. Now, let me do a quick disclaimer. My name is Timothy. I have been studying since I came on as pastor. I have been studying the book of Timothy, First and Second Timothy. So you're going to get what's been feeding me, and I'm going to feed you this morning. Is that okay? Yeah. Um, I tried to really come up with cool thing, and I tried to be, you know, hipster, hipst, and, and like, I'm going to put a catchy title to this thing. I don't even have a, I don't, I don't know. Um, but I, I just really feel like God just wants to do something and he just kept confirming it. And then Shane and, and Stephen come up here and they just start talking about, you know, the identity that they've got and what God's been doing in their life and how they thought one way and went up to the mountain and met God and now think a complete different way. And I just want that to happen to each and every one of us this morning, that we're just going to see God just rip off some labels that maybe we know or we thought about or we think about or we didn't even know about, but we want to ultimately let God shine through us and for him to really speak to us. So 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 18 through 19 says, This charge I commit to you, son Timothy, according to the prophecies previously made concerning you, that by them you may wage, wage the good warfare having faith and a good conscience, which some, having rejected concerning the faith, have suffered shipwreck. He says, Timothy, I want you to realize something and remember the, the prophecies that's already been given to you. He wasn't re-prophesying over him. He wasn't giving him something new. He's saying, I want you to remember what, what was spoken before. The Passion Translation says it like this. So, Timothy, my son... It's the same verses, but the Passion Translation says, Timothy, my son, I'm entrusting you with this responsibility and keeping with the very first prophecies that were spoken over your life and are now in the process of fulfillment in this great work of ministry. In keeping with, these, with the prophecies spoken over you, with this encouragement, use these prophecies as weapons as you wage a spiritual warfare. Use these prophecies as weapons as you go into this spiritual warfare by faith with a clean conscience for, for there are many who reject these virtues and are now desolate to the true faith. Wow. That's crazy. Amen. 
Because he's saying the words that were spoken over you, and each one of us, I'm sure, have gotten a word, and if you haven't, this morning you're going to receive a word. Each one of us, I'm sure, has either gotten a word or as we receive the word, he's telling Timothy, what I want you to do is you're going to put it in your back pocket and you're going to get ready because there's a ministry that you're going to do and it's going to prepare you for. I'm not here to toot my own horn. Please, I'm not. I love what I do. I love my job. I love the ministry that I'm walking in and I absolutely, positively love God and love you people. But I'm here to tell you, because that way to give a testament, is that I'm standing before you today because of prophecies that have been spoken over my life, and the fulfillment is happening right now. I say it with all sincerity. If if you'd see, you could see the goose pimples going all over. Is that I'm telling you that there has been times in my life that I've needed this commandment to come back to me, that Timothy or Tim or whatever you want to call me, my brothers call me Tiny or whatever, is that... um, it's because I'm a little bit smaller than they are. Okay. Um, but whatever, you need to be encouraged that you be reminded of the words that were spoken over your life from before. Sometimes our walk with God tends to get, uh, it, it tends to get hurtful. Or sometimes things tend to come against us, like I was speaking to you earlier, that it took less than 10 steps, and I heard the enemy start to kind of try to download some lies that he was saying. And so Paul is reminding Timothy, I want you, as he took Timothy as a disciple, he's being charged to remind him over the words that were spoken over his life and are now being fulfilled this very moment. Let me tell you something, as the words begin to be spoken over you, you start looking for the fulfillment. It might not happen today, it might not happen tomorrow, it might not happen a couple years from now, but what I'm looking for is I'm looking for the evidence of what God is doing because I know if he spoke it, he's going to fulfill it. Because he doesn't leave anything unfinished. He doesn't make junk and just leave it to the side. He doesn't doesn't just leave it there and and expect you to try to figure it out. What he does is he gives you all the tools to move forward with. So that way when the word comes against you, you can then use the word against that enemy. That this is who God's called me to be. This is what he's doing in my life. This, I am going to see my family saved, or I am going to see my children or grandchildren saved. I am going to see my marriage prosper. I am going to see my, fan- my finances come into alignment with heaven, and I'm going to see God invade my life and invade my situation. You, say, you may be saying to yourself, I, I don't, I've never had a word, or I've never, I, don't, I, don't, I don't understand, I don't know, and, and it, 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 nobody's ever said anything to me. So I, I read this verse, and I thought it would be uh, great for us this morning. It's Galatians chapter 1, verse 15, out of the English Standard Version. It says, But when he who had set me apart before I was born, and who has called me by his grace. But when he who had set me apart before I was born, and called me by his grace. Because I'm here to remind you the same way I want to build that faith that I'm standing before you because the words that were spoken over me and the prophetic that had been said to me, because otherwise I wouldn't be standing before you today. I wouldn't even be here if it wasn't for some of those people to come alongside and God to really speak and for me to come into alignment. So for you this morning, that before you were born, God set you apart. Before you were ever a twinkle in anybody's eye, God set you apart. And he's got a ministry and a fulfillment and a purpose and a calling for you this morning. Do you believe it? Turn to the person next to you and say, you're called. called. Turn to another person and say, you're chosen. chosen. Yeah, so if you've never had a word, you just received it. (laughs) (laughs) Who 
You all thought you didn't know you could work in the prophetic, huh? <laughs> You're called before you were ever born. God said, I've got a calling on your life. Oh, well, many are called, but few are chosen. Uh, I, I can't go to where you go. You can't go where I go. I'm not you, you're not me. I'm designed and, and made in the image of God, uniquely designed by a heavenly creator, and so are you. So therefore, your calling is different than mine because you, what God wants to do, because you're getting ahead of myself. Rockstar's starting to kick in. Your, your sphere of influence is different than mine. But I know this, that the kingdom that we, that we serve is the same as mine. The God that I serve, I know, is the same as yours. And to see what he wants to do, because before you were ever born, he called you. He wants to bring into remembrance all the things that he's done before. Because so many times the enemy will try to remind us of sin. He'll try to keep you looking backwards. You see, sin stops you from fulfilling the promise. It's not that sin is so powerful. It's not that it's so fantastic. Because we see where the Bible says that Jesus Christ came to conquer all sin, to conquer death, hell, and the grave, to give us ultimate power. But ultimately, the choice is mine. I choose now to come into agreement with it, or I choose to reject it. I choose to be able to say that's who I am and slap that label on my chest. I choose now, or I get to choose to rip off that label and say that's not who I am and that's not who God called me to be. He want, the enemy wants to remind you of your mistakes or the lie, um, remind you what the label says about you, remind you of the hurt or the pain, but Jesus ultimately wants to remind you of who he is and what he did and who he's called you to be. You see, that's why we take communion. We do it in remembrance of the life, the death, the burial, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. We don't just do it because we want to feed you and, and you're hungry. Like right now, my stomach just growled. Um, but we don't want to just feed you because we're talking about Chick-fil-A. Um, stay on point, Tim. Hey, we just don't want to feed you and give you a little bit of juice. But what we want you to do is remember of what God has ultimately done for you and I. You see, before I was ever born, he set me apart. And he put grace on my life. He put grace in your life. So many times we think of, an, of, of a God who wants to uh, push us down or put us under his thumb. But the Bible just told us that it's grace on our life already. And we've got to remember that. My daughter's middle name is Grace. Because we wanted to remind ourselves to have grace with each other. Um, but also, too, to have grace in our family and of the grace of God. Second, first Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 10, it says, But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own people, his own special people, that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who, were one, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God. You see, God gave you an identity now. Before, you didn't know who you were. You were trying to figure it out. But God says, I'm going to give you a real identity that you're my son or you're my daughter. You're my people. You have, you have not obtained mercy, but have now obtained mercy. You are a peculiar individual. You are uniquely designed by a heavenly creator. 
and he wants to remind you, remind each and every one of us this morning that there is grace on your life and there is a merciful God who wants to be there for you and stand with you. Paul tells Timothy to use your prophecies as weapons. Use, the, uh, use them as a person shooting an arrow. You keep them in, 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 in the sack behind you because when the enemy comes in like a flood, it's our God who raises a standard against us, correct? But it's up to me and you to come into agreement with him to remind the enemy, the loser that he is, that you are ultimately a loser and that's not who I am. You see, Jesus Christ is our heavenly example, our ultimate example. He used the word of God against the enemy, against the devil when he came to tempt him. So if Jesus Christ is our heavenly example, our ultimate, I keep saying heavenly example, ultimate example, then it's up to you and I to use that word now against the enemy. It's up for you and I to get the word down deep inside of our heart. The Bible says that I hide it inside of my heart that I might not sin against you, that I might not come into agreement with what the enemy wants to say. I put your word inside of my heart so that I can keep it at the forefront of my mind, that I am called, I'm chosen, I'm redeemed, I'm set free. I am a good father. I am a good mother. I am a good husband. I am a good wife. We're going to prosper. We're the head and not the tail. But that is, I've got to keep his word. If I can keep my nose in the book and, 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 and when the enemy comes against me because it's not by my might nor by my power, but it's by the ultimate spirit of a heavenly God. Yes. Yes. Right. Yeah. I'll, 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 let me, I'm going to use her again. So Edith, 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 is, Edith is amazing. She's cool. She's She's fantastic. She's got fantastic parents. Stephen, her father, was just up here a second ago, so she's got fantastic parents. Edith yesterday could not remember my name. Um, she called me everything. From the moment she walked into my house, it was Emmeline's, Emmeline's dad, Micah's dad, Isaiah's dad, Mr. Tim, Tim. She called me Tom. Uh, she called me Pastor. She called me Pastor Tim. I, every time she spoke to me, or it was kind of a hey you, she was kind of tapping on me. Um, every time she spoke to me, it was something different. <laughs> and I finally stopped Edith and I said, Edith, you can call me Tim. And she's like, okay. I said, Edith, because you're in our house, you're in close proximity. You're, 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 you're family. Call me Tim. And I said, you don't have to call me Tom. <laughs> you don't have to call me pastor. Uh, my kids tried to call me pastor one time, and I said, time out. <laughs> that's, that's weird. No. <laughs> uh, you, can, you can call me dad. Um, and she called me dad at one point, too. I was like, lady. <laughs> she had all these different names, and I finally told her, Edith, in this close proximity, my name's Tim. The closer proximity you get with the father, you start to really be able to call him Papa. You start to be able to call him Dad. Because I looked from a distance, right? And I could say, well, Emmeline's dad, or, or Ezzy's God, or Pastor Rich's God, or Pastor Kathy's God, or my parents' God, or, or somebody else's God. But as I come into close proximity with him, those labels begin to get removed. And he shows me the ultimate label that I'm his, I'm his child, and he's my father. Paul tells Timothy to let no one despise your youth. Um, 
Don't, don't, don't let someone label you because of your age. You see, scholars think, and I thought when he was talking about that, that Timothy was like a teenager, right? Just in my mindset, I'm thinking, uh, maybe because I wanted to put myself into the book. And it was interesting, but as you do a little bit more research, they, 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 scholars put Timothy at late 30s. And he's telling him, don't let anyone despise your youth. He's not like super young. Um, he's 30-something 30, 30 when this was written to him. But Paul's ultimately telling him, don't let your age factor into how you're acting or how you think of yourself. Right. You see, he tells him, don't, don't, let, don't, don't let that be a limit to what you believe that God can do in your life. Rather, how old or how young you may be this morning, it's, we're not going to let that limit put a, put a ceiling on it or a cap on it because that's as far as I can go because society says I'm, I'm this age and I'm supposed to be like this or I'm like this, so I'm supposed to be like that. That's not it at all. I want to be able to blow that roof off to that limit and say that I don't care the age or I don't care what's going on or I don't care the circumstance, the situation, the trial, the, the label that may be on me. I'm going to rip off those labels and the limits that what God wants to do in my life. You see, he tells Timothy, but be an example of the believer in word, conduct, love, spirit, faith, purity. If people are going to see me, I want them to see Christ. Amen. Unfortunately, they might see a label, but I don't want anybody to despise me because of a limit that's put on me or a label that's put on me. But I want the label that ultimately comes or the label that they hear for it to be of the word of God, of the con conduct of God, of the love of God, of the spirit of God, of a faith in my God, and a purity that only comes from God. You see, 1 Samuel 17, it talks about David. I love the story of David. Uh, it talks about David and Goliath. And, and it, it, God is so good because every time you read the Bible, you pick up those little nuggets, right? And then you read again, you're like, I didn't even realize that. And so as I was rereading the, the story of David and Goliath and going over for studying, is that David went to, go, went to go give his brothers some food, and even his brothers tried to remind David that you have no business here. As David's sitting there hearing the call of Goliath, hearing the roar of this enemy, and everybody's coming into alignment with it, they're hiding behind rocks, they're hiding behind trees, they don't want to do anything. Goliath is, is calling out for 40 days, he's coming out twice a day, and he's trying to remind the people of Israel that you're only this big and I'm this big. And, and, and they're coming into alignment with it, they're coming into agreement with it. And David's saying, why are you coming into agreement with it? Don't you know who we are? Don't you know the God that we serve? And his own brothers say, you don't belong here, David. They tried to put a label on him. Your, your label says you're just a, a tender of the sheep. Go, go hang out with some sheep, David. Go take care of, of, of the things that you, you know from, from back then. Go, 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 go back, David. You don't belong here. How many times has that happened with you and I when we begin to walk out in our ministry that sometimes it's interesting that the people that are around us that we thought would cheer us on begin to push us back and say, no, 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 you don't belong there. Right. Or the enemy comes along and says, hey, that's not you. That's not who you're called to be. That's not what you're doing. Don't you know you just messed up last night? You don't, you, you don't belong there. You don't, you, you don't belong in the ministry. You don't belong to fulfill. You, don't be, you can't prophesy, even though you guys just did. Uh, you, you can't do this thing. And he's trying to remind. And, and that's what's going on in, in, in this story. And David, begins to, he gets called to King Saul. 
And King Saul tells him, how can you fight him? You're but a youth. And him a fighter from his youth. Puts a label on him, huh? Puts a cap on him and says, wait a minute. Because of your age, you can't do that. Because of your circumstance, you can't do that. Because of the falter and the fail, because of the mistakes that happened, because of the sin, I'm here to remind you, you can't do that. And David, it's so cool when you hear how he's talking to Saul. He, he, he respects him. He tells him, your servant. And he starts telling him what God has done in his life. He says, I remember the words from before. Because when a lion came against, against my, my, my sheep, I killed it. When a bear came against my sheep, I killed it. I, I know what to do. I've got the skins hanging up on the rug of the memories of what the words from past. So what I'm doing is that's helping me prepare and fulfill the promise that's now stepping in front of me. And he says, I know what God's going to do to this giant. And it's interesting to hear Saul's reply. And he says, he says, um, ah, okay. I don't want to, I don't want to give it misjustice. So I marked it here. First, it's, it's us in, in 17. He says, and Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. He, he basically realized that no matter what I tell this kid or what I tell this person, what I tell is they're going to, I'm just going to let them go and God be with you. Isn't that interesting that sometimes the people that we thought were next to us will sometimes take a step back. That's how you begin to tell your true friends. That's how you begin to tell the people that actually care for you, love you and adore you. And you see, it's, it's interesting to see because Saul, the king of Israel, takes a step back and says, David, then if you do it, go. The Lord be with you. My response would have been like, good, because God's all I need. <laughs> David goes and he fights Goliath. The labels that have been put on him, they even tried to put armor on him. Saul tries to put armor on David. And David, even, the Bible says he you know, got the sword, he walked around for a minute, and then was like, this doesn't fit. I know what God's called me to do. I know the word that he's spoken over my life, and I'm going to walk in that. And we see the victorious David that comes out and kills Goliath and hits him with a stone. And then David uses the word, or excuse me, David uses the sword of the enemy to cut off the, the enemy's head. You see, it's the word that's spoken into your life today that I am called. Before I was born, he chose me. It's that word that you'll be able to use now to cut off the head of the enemy as it comes against you. My generation wants to try to remove labels, wants me to identify as things, has a, has a, has a different concept, but they're trying to say, well, I'm taking off the label. Ultimately, what, they're, what my generation's trying to do is take off, take off the God label that's already on them. But my job now to my generation, as long as I've got breath, my generation's going to know that they are created in an image of a heavenly God. This generation today needs a fresh revival, a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. And to that call, I am saying before you, and I hope that you can say it with me, is that here I am, God, send me. I, 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 I don't want the labels to impact anymore. But if, if, God, you're going to rip off the labels on me and I'm going to have that intimacy with you to know who you called me to be, I want the person next to me to have that same love and feel that same desire and feel that same heartbeat that I feel and feel the labels be ripped off of them and begin to know who they are. 
You see, because I refuse to let my circumstances identify me. I refuse to let the labels identify me, but I choose to be identified as made in the image of an almighty God. I refuse to let my culture or society set the labels of how much I can do or how high I can go with God. I refuse to let the enemy think that he has won and he has the victory. I choose to remind him that ultimately he is the loser and he has no power. I refuse to bow and I choose to stand for the kingdom that is unshakable and unmovable and unmatchable. I refuse to let that happen. And I want to come into alignment with God and his word. Ah. I want him to be so tangible that I can smell him. I want to be so moved because yeah how can I how a loving God choose me but that's my my way of looking at it but his way of looking at it is why not you try to disqualify yourself try to set the limit Ah, I've got so much more notes. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, we're gonna. You know, I, I was thinking about it. I just don't want to be the, I, I would love to be retweeted. I think it's, you know, you follow these people and mega church pastors and I'm not downing anybody. I'm not. I'm not, I, I love what God is doing all over our country and all over our world through all different assets and ministries and what he's doing in different people's lives. And I thought about that. I was like, man, what can I say that someone can retweet? That'd be cool, you know? But then I was standing at my window again, watching the rain. And Jesus said, I don't, I don't want you to be retweeted. I, I just want you to tell my people that I love them and that where they stand right now isn't their final destination. Where they stand right now has nothing to do with what I've called them to do, has not disqualified them, but justified through faith and, and, and hope in our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Rahab, in the book of Joshua, Rahab is mentioned as a harlot. Rahab has a label. She, they, they, I mean, they, they label her so many different things. Israel is advancing on the territory that God has ultimately given to them. We can, they're, they're coming up to the city of Jericho, and we can talk about the walls falling down, and it'd be so awesome to, to, to talk about it and to hear the shouts that they did. But Rahab hears of the, of the, the two disciples, or excuse me, the two spies that Joshua sent sends into the city and Rahab hides them and when the soldiers even come looking for him she, she still lies to them and, and hides these two spies because she tells them I've heard of your God I've heard of what God's done for you I've heard the words spoken over your life and something inside of Rahab says I don't want these labels to be on me anymore but I want what you got 
they tell her to leave a rope outside of your window because that's going to tell signify where her and her family are rahab wants to save her and her family ultimately the city falls everyone and everything is destroyed but rahab and her family are saved here's a lady that i'm sure is labeled by her profession labeled by society i'm sure is looking for salvation day in and day out is looking to be rescued i'm sure she's prayed time and time again for this unknown god i just need to know where you're at i just need to know if you hear me i just want to know if you love me i just want to be uh changed and set free and deliver i'm sure has and she's heard everything that god has been doing all around her but she's been waiting for her miracle her deliverance and her time to come i don't know if that's you this morning that says i've heard it i've heard it time and time again but i'm still dealing with it i'm still dealing with the label inside of my life the label in, on my heart the label that i i've either put there or someone else has put there but this morning i've come to remind you that there is a loving father that he's an ultimate chain breaker he's the ultimate label ripper offer that he wants to rip off the labels that you have put or that others have put and that you have come into agreement with not that you're wrong, please. I'm not trying to downplay and say that you're you're that's bad for doing that. I'm telling you myself. I came into agreement with it. Knowing that I had to stand in front of you guys and preach. <laughs> but I came into agreement with something that was not from God. You see because today is the day of your salvation. Today is the day that he's saying no longer are you going to walk with those labels, but you're going to walk with a with a God label on your life. Yeah, you've been dealing with circumstances and situations and addiction and trials and heartache and pain but today God wants to do the ultimate thing in your life and that's to take off those labels so you can live victorious in who he's actually called you to be mm. she refused to come into agreement rahab refused to let her pre her the present be her destination rahab refused to let the present in her life be her final destination. She saved her family saved and she's grafted in to the people of God, to Israel and their army. And then you find out later that they that they name her as one of in, in the genealogy of Jesus Christ. Well, he's perfect. He had to come from these perfect people. He had to I have to be perfect before God can use me. Nah. <laughs> you just got to be willing. You don't got to be perfect. You just got to be willing. Willing for God to change me. Willing for God to use me. Willing that I don't come into alignment with sin, but I come into alignment with what the Father says about me. I repent of that sin. I did I I, I sit on my desk I repented of it. God, I'm sorry for coming into alignment with you. I I thought I had to do the ugly cry and you know and 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 read all these verses and all this stuff and God was like, "Okay. Awesome. You asked for forgiveness. Let's move forward. Let's go. You've got a job to do. You've got a gospel to preach. You've got a word to give. I, I I've got things for you to do. Let's go. Don't let it hold you down. Don't let it be your destination, but let it be the next platform that I can move forward and what God's want to do. Let it be a skin up on the wall that I can say, "Hey, you tried to defeat me before, enemy, but like David says, he grabbed the lion by the by the hair and hit him over his head." 
what a beast. <laughs> I, I get scared. He starts running, the line starts running up at the zoo. And I'm like, hey, brother, you're like, let's, let's take a step back here. <laughs> and David says, he grabbed it by, by, the, by the mane. He, he said, hey, you're not going to have control over me anymore. I'm not going to let you do that to me anymore. You're not, devil, you're defeated. You're not going to do this anymore. Sometimes you got to get some humph inside of you. That says, I just, I know what God's called me to do. I know that he can deliver and set free. Okay, we got to end. Romans, I'm just going to read you these verses. Romans chapter 8, verses 31 through 39. What shall we say then to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for us all. How shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect people? Who's going to bring a charge against you? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? Like, shut your mouth, loser. Like, who is he? It is God who died and furthermore is also risen. It's God who died and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God. Who also makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, shall distress, shall persecution, shall famine, shall nakedness, peril or sword? Because uh, circumstances, labels, can these separate me from the love of God? For it is written, for your sake we are killed all day, all day long. We are uh, accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded, Paul's right, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other uh, created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Would you stand with me? So nothing can separate us. No label that's been put on me. I may have walked in with labels, but I want to walk out with the right label. And that is that God loves me. I am a child of God. I have been spiritually circumcised. My old nature has been removed. I am chosen of God, holy and deeply loved. I have been given a spirit of power, love, and of self-discipline. I have been saved and set apart according to God's doing. I have the right to come boldly before the throne of God to find mercy and grace in time of need. I am a member of a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, I am an enemy of the, of the devil. I am an enemy of the devil. I am forgiven on the account of Jesus' name. I am a child of God and will re, re, uh, resemble Christ when he returns. I am love. I, I am liked by Christ. I have life. I am born of God. And the evil one, and the evil one, the devil, cannot touch me.
So as we begin to pray, would you just close your eyes and, and lift your hands as our prayer team comes up here to the front. If it's your first time here, I thank you so much for being with us. If you're new here to Valley, I thank you for, for, for coming and being a part of us today. I ask that you would just fill out one of those welcome cards and turn it into the coffee or turn it into our welcome team after service. But I want you to know if you've never received a word from God, today's your day. If you're saying, I just need a fresh word, today's your day. I've been living for God for all this time, today's your day. That the labels that have been put on your life, that maybe some of you have even put on your own, can come off so that you can walk in newness of life. So would you close your eyes and put your hands in the air. So Heavenly Father, we thank you for the word that you have spoken to us today. We thank you for helping us to recognize the labels that don't belong there. The labels that somebody has said or that I put on myself. I want you to recognize them right now, Jesus, and help me to be able to rip them off in Jesus' name because I know I am loved. I know I am redeemed. I know I am set free. I know I am delivered. I know ultimately you're my papa. And this morning I walk in it. This morning I want to leave these doors the same way I walked in. But I want to leave with my head held high. Not out of pride, but in confidence of who my God is. So right now, Father, forgive us of those labels that I've come into alignment with. Forgive me of my unbelief. Forgive me of, of the label that I've said this is who I am. And it didn't come into alignment with you and your word. I thank you that you've forgiven and set free. So right now, Jesus, I thank you for the download that you're giving to each and every one of us. Of who we are in you. And who we are in the body of Christ. That we belong. That we are a family. And that I am loved by you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. So we just say that you have a blessed week. God bless you in Jesus' name. Hug someone out, out as you're leaving. If you'd like prayer, please come to the front. They'd love to be able to pray with you and be able to help you rip off some of those labels. But be encouraged and be strengthened this week to know that you are the head and not the tail. You are redeemed and set free. So let's live it out this week. And let's see Jesus get his full reward for what he wants to do in Jesus' name. God bless you guys. Have a great week.